liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to another special episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have the legend, the only man who has ever made me question my sexuality. Dave Rubin is in the building. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you know, I man. A, I met you, I I met you on that rooftop. Lot. I met you on oh, that rooftop in, in South Dakota, and I was like, this is a stunningly handsome man. You know, I do get an <laughs> awful lot of YouTube comments saying I'm not gay, but I'd go gay for Dave. I don't know. Is that a, <laughs> is that a libertarian thing? Libertarians are so open minded. They are so welcoming. <laughs> they are so down to explore human nature. And the love of liberty, I suppose, is so strong of personal choice and exactly. personal autonomy. You know, people are having a good time. What can I say? Exactly. Um, so I. I First, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, kind of the tightening noose that is, uh, you know, censorship in this country. Obviously, your platform with locals is is a response to that. Uh, I'm also on there, and I'm thinking I'm trying to I'm trying to weigh, you know, is is this ever increasing tyranny and suppression and censorship? Is it actually evolving us towards where we need to be because it's getting us off of the YouTubes and the Googles and things like that, or or is it? Is it on net a positive or a negative in your opinion? You know, it's obviously hard to say, right? Like I don't have sure. a crystal ball just as nobody that I know has a crystal ball, but I think you can argue it both ways. Like on one hand, it seems like the foot of tyranny through big tech and through just like a completely out of control federal government, especially, it feels as if we are really being crushed right now. And to, you know, question, you know, the efficacy of vaccines or to even talk about whatever you might think about elections or a series of other issues. If you were to talk about gender pronouns and certain things related to gender identity, all that stuff, it seems as if if you talk about those things on any of these platforms, you know, at any given moment, that's it. They could just mm -hmm. turn you off. Now, we can have the sort of endlessly alternating, exciting and boring conversation about whether they're private or public platforms. I think you can make arguments for both. At some level, they are kind of private in that they are not directly associated with the government. But if you don't think that the government has all sorts of backdoor behind the scenes deals with these companies, and as you know, from a couple of weeks ago, the bombshell that really nobody picked up on except libertarian circles, how Jen Psaki said, yes, we, the government, flag posts for Facebook, uh, you think that might have a little something to do with an infringement on the First Amendment? Um, so on one hand, it's like we can all see the bad stuff, right? Like there's just no doubt. I was, as you may remember, at the end of July, right before I went off the grid for August, I said that vaccine mandates were coming, federal vaccine mandates were coming. I was banned from Twitter. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure I got that one right. <laughs> um, and people, by the way, have been banned long-term for much less. Um, so on one hand, it's bad, no doubt about it, but the, the silver lining or the white pill, as the kids say, um, is that there are so many of us talking right now. And to, to loosely quote my friend Michael Malice, you know, the, the machine is getting so out of control, the cathedral is getting so out of control 
with their absurdity and lockdowns and wearing masks and vaccines work and they don't work and this and that. And every other day you can see science experts, com you know, completely contradicting what they said two days ago and all that, that at some level, the, the human yearning for freedom to, to argue and debate about these things and figure out ways to do it, by the way, which is exactly why I started Locals, because I saw this problem coming. I'm very hopeful in that regard. And I'm also hopeful because, you know, David beat Goliath. The little guy can beat the big guy. And the real hope is that, you know, the bigger these companies get, yes, will they try to, you know, constantly crush all of us? You know, once the empire built the Death Star, you know, they, what were they going to do? They were going to blow up all the planets that didn't fall in line. But, you know, Princess Leia, remember her? She said that thing about the more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will fall out of your hand. You know, I butchered that, but I'm sort of over Star Wars at this point. Got the idea. Um, you got the idea. Um, that the more hysterical they get, that there will be more and more ways, whether it's blockchain and, you know, figuring out decentralized uh, storage, which is a big one. It's not just about payments, you know, the Bitcoin side of things. Like there's so many things happening right now. So I'm very hopeful. I, I believe that human spirit, that the human spirit is much stronger than the people that want to control us. Um, but I'm also not just like a blank optimist. I'm really not. I consider myself a world weary optimist. It's like, we got to do the work, but I have nothing better to do to you. Right. Well, clearly not. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm constantly reaffirmed in my optimism when I get, you know, I just was at, um, Tom Woods 2000 in Orlando and I had at least a hundred people come up to me and thank me for, you know, my, cause I'm, I'm known for my really deep seated rage over the lockdowns, you know, hence the name of the show, Liberty Lockdown. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and uh, I, I started my show in the you know first two months of lockdowns. I closed my multi-million dollar business just to rail against this stuff. And, and I think that, you know, it, it speaks volumes to the, to the amount of traction I've gained so quickly is that, you know, even with all of this suppression and censorship and, and blackballing and blacklisting and trying to get rid of people, um, you know, we can still slip through the cracks and, and find ways to to get our voices out there. And, and if you do it um, in a passionate way, there's a lot of passion out there. You know, that's what I'm really learning is, you know, I have people that are like almost welling up as they meet me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a normal guy. I'm a business guy that started screaming into a microphone 18 months ago. And I have people that, you know, now love me. And it's just it's just an amazing experience. But I, I at the same time, I'm extraordinarily pessimistic because of um, the fact that there was it seems to me that there's this desire from humanity to have a strongman dictator, a leader mm. that will tell them what to do. And, and the fact that Fauci is still respected and not on trial or, or worse um, is stunning to me. Are, did you have a greater sense of faith in humanity pre-pandemic than you do now? Or is it like, how has it shifted your opinion of, of people? That's a great question. You know, I would say that if I learned one thing over the last year and a half, it's how quickly people will fold, how quickly, as you said, people want to struggle and they want to just be told what to do. I mean, you know, even a lot of the people that I thought would have much more staunchly defended individual rights and your ability to keep your business open or not get vaccinated if you don't want to or whatever, have really folded in the name of this thing and folded pretty damn quickly, you know, like a wet paper bag. You could just like punch your finger right through it. That, that's been very disappointing. But I would also say, you know, we live in a time, unfortunately, when, you know, to make Nazi comparisons obviously is, has become just completely ludicrous. But I would say at some level, if I learned one thing in the last year and a half, 
is that you can sort of see how the Nazis came to power now, where it was more of an intellectual exercise, even though you know I'm pretty well versed in the history of the Holocaust of, and of how the Nazis attained power and used crises to you know further their expansion of power. And at first it started uh, democratic and then it sort of devolved from there. Without getting too deep into all of that, you can sort of see how people over time, good people, just regular people who don't think about politics one way or another, how you can slowly condition them to start hating people, you know, and, and that was always the risk, you know, five years ago on my show, when I considered myself a lefty still, when I was still voting for Bernie Sanders, as I was in 2016, you know, when I was saying, hey, guys, we the left, we need to stop calling everybody racist, like that can't be true that they're all racist, and we're just all so brilliant, it just can't be. And you can sort of see that what has happened in America in the last five years is we've gone from, oh, half the country is racist, and then it was sort of worse because they were racist and they were Trump supporters. Now they're beyond racist. They're like super Trump supporters, super white supremacist, you know, evil, toxic, whatever. And now it's even morphed to also they're either diseased or they want to kill grandma because they don't want a vaccine. So we've done something about othering people that is quite extraordinary. And once you other people and really sort of dehumanize them to the point where, I mean, they're the worst things known to me. They're white supremacists, they're racist, they're anti-vaxxers, they want to kill people, you know, all of that stuff. You can kind of see how it's not that long of a jump to, oh, well, let's not let them work in the same places that we work. And they probably shouldn't send their kids to the same schools. And by golly, you know, we've sort of got these camps where they should live. Like, right. does that seem like such a huge jump? And I hate to make that comparison because the Nazi thing has been so overplayed. But I, I mention it because when you're when you're asking me, like, what have I seen in the last year and ever been surprised by? It's kind of like now you could sort of see something at a very granular level that I don't think most of us could have seen before. Like it was like it was very like just at an idea level, like kind of crazy, like, oh, there must have been these Nazis and they must have always been horrible people and they were all racist. It's like, no, a lot of them had kids and didn't start off, you know, doing horrific atrocities. And by the way, what did most of the Nazis say? The soldiers in the Nuremberg trials, when they, when they were pleading their case, they all said the same thing. I was just following orders. And we're living in a time now where it seems like, oh, the government says something and you better parrot it. And that's a problem. Yeah. Well, it's just following orders. It's uh, I have to feed my kids. That's that's the new thing. And I've gotten into a lot of trouble because I'm kind of condemning people that are willing to cave to the vaccine passports um, based off of, you know, even though even though they oppose them principally, they're saying, well, I can't lose my job. So I have to go forward with this. And I'm like, you always have a choice. And and while you may be looking out for your children in the in the short term, I don't believe you're looking out for them in the long term. If we allow this precedent to be to be rolled out and to be accepted, I think that we are we are facing a truly dark future. And I, you know, it's it's probably the, the greatest threat to liberty in my lifetime since I mean, the lockdowns would have been it. Now, now I view the vaccine mandates and the, uh, you know, the, no, this is it. Yeah. It's not probably remove the word probably this yeah. is it period. There, there's no doubt the, the idea that this what's happening now in the world across these countries where in Australia, they're arresting people for walking their dog, choking women on the street in the name of keeping them healthy, crazy nonsense, keeping churches closed in Canada, the mm -hmm. idiots where I live here in LA that are triple masked walking to the uh, supermarket while it's 80 degrees out and sunny every day. 
This is the fight of our time. Nobody saw that, that the enemy was from within. You know, who wouldn't want to go back uh, to the old days when, you know, Rocky was fighting Ivan Drago on New Year's, on Christmas Day in Moscow? You know, when Amer it was America versus Russia, we knew who we were, we knew who the enemies were. Well, we somehow turned that on ourselves and now the enemy is within. Now, I get it. The people that don't agree with us, they think we're the bad guys, that we're the freedom-loving, crazy, disease-ridden, whack jobs who just want everyone to do whatever they want and you are all going to get sick and die, even though there's no evidence that any of that is true. I would say the enemy within is the part of the human condition that mm -hmm. allows people uh, to have this, not it, not allows, I guess isn't the right word, that, that tells people somehow innately that they know how to run the world. And if only they had enough power, they could do it the way they want. You know, you got to kill an awful lot of people to attain that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we're looking at the potential for that, unfortunately. And, and, you know, my, my example that I continue to point to, and I, I'm sure you are as well is is Australia. I mean, this is, it's not as if I have to fear monger. I can just point. I can just be like, Hey, do you want that? Do you want our future to look like that? Because I mean, Victoria, Australia, the Melbourne area is unbelievable what they're doing to people. They, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Andrews came out yesterday and said, people that refuse the vaccine will not get their regular life back either employment wise or socially until mid 2022 at the earliest implying no, that they, evil. Uh, they're going to be second class people. citizens forever. It seems. You know, I don't like using the word evil. I really don't. Dennis Prager has a great line that he's been using for many, many years, which is that the right thinks that the left is wrong. The left thinks that the right is evil. Mm. And I've really come to, to understand what he means by that. Uh, and that being said, I am now calling these people evil. Now, the reason he's been saying it for years is that the right, generally speaking, conservatives, libertarians, anarchists, you know, that, that sort of whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. There's always this debate. You go, I mean, I'm sure you've done as many of these as I have. You go to a libertarian conference or even a conservative conference to a lesser degree, but especially mm -hmm. a libertarian conference, you can debate with people about literally everything <laughs> all night long. You can do the driver's license thing all night long till everybody is unconscious at the table. <laughs> you, you, and to a lesser degree, you can do it with conservatives. Conservatives, you qu can't quite do it the way libertarians do it because conservatives usually have a little more of a buttoned up. I mean, that's why the word conservative exists. It's a little more of a buttoned up, this is right versus wrong sort of thing. Libertarians, it's usually about personal autonomy, so there's more debate there. But his point is that on the right, we just say, hey, we kind of agree to disagree and that's what it is. They think that we're all evil for that. Right. I've come to the conclusion that at this point, if you hear Joe Biden, muddled Joe Biden lying every day about every single thing, $3.5 trillion equals zero. If you hear Anthony Fauci lying about every single thing, meaning telling us to wear masks while he's privately emailing his friends to say, no, masks don't work because you touch your face more and they don't even stop the, the germs in the first place. Uh, Jen Psaki doing these press conferences every single day where she lies about literally everything. Um, at some point, these people are evil. Now, mm -hmm. I don't mean they're evil, like let's put them into camps and kick them out of society. I just want nothing to do with them. And I want to build a society that protects us from people like them. The right. difference is they'd like to build a society that not only takes from all of us, but I suspect they'd like to do much worse to us. That's, yep. that's what the liberty-minded people are going to have to figure out over the next couple of years, I think. I don't know that there's a good answer on that, by the way. I've talked about that with 
Tucker Carlson. I've talked about it with Michael Malice. I mean, some of the, the great political minds, I think everyone's kind of coming to the same conclusion on that. Yeah, well, Malice is obviously probably one of the preeminent advocates for secession and, and peaceful secession. I, I find myself in that camp. I think that that's, that's certainly my preference simply because I think you're right. I think these people will not let us go. And I don't think that they want us to do anything contrary to their belief system. And and that's the the unfortunate part about this this divide is I don't care what they do with their lives. I yeah. just want to be left alone. Such a sim- such a simple ask. And yet I am portrayed as a pathogen carrier, a danger, a radical. Um, you know, it's just it's exhausting, man. And I I mean, do you think well, that secession is is probable? At this point, I know a lot of people think it's almost inevitable. Right. So look, people are talking about it more now. And this is one of those things where it's like, you know, things start bubbling up with the intelligentsia of the internet or even just the shit talkers of the internet. Right. And then and then Me. next thing, <laughs> well, yeah. And then next thing you know, it's three years later and everyone's saying it on CNN. Right. So I don't want to discount it entirely. I would say this. A, I would prefer that it does not happen. Okay. The United States of America is called United States. These states sure. are supposed to operate independently, but be united. The problem is they're not operating like that. We have some states that do bananas, crazy shit like California, spend itself into oblivion, destroy education and roads, get homelessness, drug use, all these things, and then just get bailed out by the feds. If I was just a decent law-abiding citizen in Texas, I'd start getting annoyed at that person, not because I want their stuff, but because I'm funding their stuff, even Mm -hmm. though I'm living within my means, et cetera. Now, you could play the reverse of that, which is what you're talking about, where the people in California, if let's say we started having some sort of separation... The people in California will never accept that the people in the red states are flourishing. They will never accept that they are building new things. They will never accept that low taxes actually work, that choice works. They will, and, and that's the problem. So when I mentioned this, this debate with uh, Tucker and, and Malice, I, I haven't heard anyone make the complete argument on this. So when Malice says a uh, uh, peaceful secession, it's like, yeah, we might be willing to do a peaceful secession, exactly. but I don't think they will. And I suspect we'd end up in a perpetual civil war. We would be in like some sort of low grade perpetual civil war, which, by the way, that's what Abraham Lincoln was trying to avoid more at, you know, at all costs, which is why he kept the, the union together. Mm. Um, that's not a reason not to do it, but I would prefer that we all fight well enough and honestly enough, and I believe our ideas are better that we are able to wake up enough of them. But but that just may be a pipe dream at this point. Like this, this wave has crashed here. Hey, this is Isaac Morehouse here, the CEO of Crash.co. If you're listening to Liberty Lockdown, congratulations. You're fucking awake. That's good. <laughs> I love it. That also means you're the type of person that cares about autonomy and freedom. And freedom is not just an abstract philosophical concept. It's not just some political theory Freedom is how you actually live and engage with the world on a day-to-day basis. When the rubber meets the road, are you freer today than you were yesterday? Now, there's a lot of stuff that's outside of your control. There's a lot of aspects of freedom you can't control. But one that you can control is your career. Your career, if you're on the job hunt actively, or if you're just looking for how to parlay your skills into more opportunities to be an entrepreneur, to work for a, a great startup, whatever it might be, Go to Crash.co, sign up for free to the Daily Job Hunt newsletter. You get absolutely awesome information and inspiration in your inbox every day and a bunch of free member benefits. You get access to career guides, a custom video pitch builder to showcase your skills, and a lot more. Go to Crash.co, check it out, sign up for free. 
and keep listening to Liberty Lockdown. And, and wokeism is everywhere. Socialism is everywhere. There is a brainwashed generation that doesn't know that their genitals match up with their uh, gender. I mean, th these are major, major issues. And maybe it will be that you just gotta go where your lifestyle is somewhat more accepted and pray, but no, 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 not just pray. You should pray probably, but, but really do all of the things to make sure that nobody can take it from you. Yeah. So I well, guess uh, we're all preppers now, you know, uh, preach brother. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a born and raised San Diego native. So I, I just fled to Miami two weeks ago. So this is Miami oh, right wow. now. And, very uh, nice, very and I'm, nice. I'm stunned by, is that Aventura? It is. Damn. You I knew can, it. <laughs> I can tell by the buildings. Look at that. looks nice. looks nice. Very incredible. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm stunned because of, you know, your kind of, uh, in awakening that you've had politically that you have held on to LA as long as you have, how are you surviving over there, man? Look, it has not been easy. I get this question, Connor, how many times a day do I get this question? <laughs> my, my poor director has to sit in here while I get asked this question 87 times a day, basically. Uh, I don't mind being asked it, obviously, because it's, it's, it's legit. It's legit. You know, it, it, well, it gets to the heart of what we're saying. Do you stay and fight mm -hmm. or do you cut and run? My feeling for a long time was, especially with the recall and then when Larry Elder got involved, who I think is such a, not I think, I know is such a good, decent man and, and yeah. a great a great uh, carrier of liberty. You know, he really considers himself a libertarian more than a conservative, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we fought as hard as we could. I campaigned with Larry. Obviously, the recall did not go well. Obviously, the, the uh, forces that I am fighting against are getting stronger in California. There's just yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I, if I didn't say that at every meal that I now have with friends here around California, everybody's saying the same thing. Like, this is not you know, something that we're mumbling anymore. It's like, what, are you going? Are you going? What are you going to do? Is there any hope? Um, most people, by the way, uh, you know, because people have kids, people have families, you have businesses, maybe you own a restaurant, maybe you love your house, like you love the weather. Like people don't want to just cut and run. At some point, the rubber meets the road. I'm trying to find the silver lining here. It's getting hard to see. Yeah. It really is like, you know, people in California seem to, and especially here in LA, they're a little bit of like, you know, thank you, sir, may I have another? The government comes in, it smacks them. And they, thank you, sir, may I have another? Thank you, sir, may I have another? Mm -hmm. Like you don't hear anybody right now. Where, where is the mayor maybe once a day doing a YouTube video saying, you know, our COVID numbers are pretty good, which by the way, they are right now. COVID numbers are pretty good. The weather is pretty good. Um, you know, we know that a huge percentage of you guys have been vaccinated. So let's try taking masks off again in stores. There's no discussion of that. It's not even like, it's not that they're mentioning it once every three weeks. There's literally zero discussion anywhere on any major news channel or any public official in LA saying something about getting rid of masks. What are we doing with kids, et cetera? So that's the best I can tell you at, at the moment. Uh, but <laughs> well, there, it does look very lovely. This time of day. <laughs> I mean, obviously I bring it up to try and lobby you to, to follow in my footsteps because uh, I fought, I fought, I'm born and raised 39 years. I fought and I just, I just couldn't see any hope, especially after the, the recall fell flat and you know how you have a recall of such an unpopular governor and he still runs away with it. It's just like, man, there's, there's no fucking hope for these people. Like I, well, I love, I love California. I love the, I love the people there. People always, you know, they collectivize all of California and they make it seem like we're all lunatics. Look, it's probably 40% or more that are solid freedom loving people that live in California. 
but in democracy that doesn't fucking matter you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna deal with the tyranny of the majority so um yeah i just i just hope that uh that people like you that are that are keeping up the good fight obviously i hope you prevail i mean i i'm not i'm not uh trying to you know pee on your parade no, no, here. i get it i i think you can make great art look I completely respect your decision to leave. Like, right. believe me, I get it. You know, and this is also just a little bit of, it's not just what you do at a micro level, meaning in your life, stay or go. It's also like, if, if we're in a real ideological war right now, which it's fairly obvious that we are, it's mm -hmm. like, well, everyone, you know, if you think about it like a, a strategy video game or, or a strategy board game, you know, sometimes you got to defend land far off from where you are so they don't get you at home. Sometimes you got to do a tactical retreat and everything right. else. So it's like, sh if we do concede, let's say we concede all of the blue states. Well, then it gets back to what I said a moment ago. Would that stop the monster? Like, right. would that be the thing that we were like, okay, monster, we all left. You got rid of all us racists, white supremacists, <laughs> right, diseased right, right, right. right wing whack jobs that like <laughs> Rand Paul. You got rid of all of us who just want to be left alone. Like, are you guys satiated? And of course the answer is no. This is like, you know, uh, when somebody has like a secret over you and they say, well, give me a thousand bucks and I'll keep your secret. It's like, they're not gonna stop after the thousand bucks. You just said to them, okay, come back every few months and ask me for a thousand bucks. So that's what we all gotta figure out. And yeah. as I said earlier, I don't know that there's just like a clean, perfect answer that everybody could be like, yeah, that's it. Well, I think as long as you have a federal government, you're kind of fucked anyways, because you, you're going to have to continue to pay tribute to this behemoth that rules over you. And simultaneously, they're flying in, you know, immigrants from war torn countries and shit, and they're dropping them in the middle of the night into Florida and Texas and elsewhere. So you, even if it were, you know, this max mass exodus of all freedom loving people from California and New York, and they all, you know, fed into Tennessee and Texas, like they're still going to continue to funnel in. Uh, these people that are not ideologically aligned with us and and not to say that there's no one that I wouldn't want from you know Afghanistan to come here I'm sure there're plenty of great people but <clears throat> let's be honest with they have a completely different culture and they probably will not respect the same level of you know admiration for freedom that we are kind of born with um so I'm nervous you know I'm nervous about the future of this country I really think that that this is why I'm kind of conceding the fact that secession may be the ultimate outlet um, but I'm not I'm not giving up hope. Let's let's shift it real quick to to Dan sure. Bongino, who you had on um, today. Uh, I think that what he did yesterday is truly heroic. You know, basically telling it was it his news station that he said, you know, either it's me or Vax mandates. Is that a good synopsis? Yeah, for look, Bongino is an absolute all star in this space. I, I, you know, I know basically everybody that talks for a living in the political sure. space. And a lot of them are very different privately than they are publicly. Dan Bongino, not only is he the real deal, I mean, he's putting his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. Like, he works for Cumulus Radio. These, these are the big boys of radio, okay? These are the guys that have all the money, all the stations, all the power, everything else. He basically said to them on air, on air, this wasn't a private meeting. He said, look, if you're going to force all of your employees here at the company that I work for to be vaccinated, well, then I'm not gonna work here anymore. He generates a crazy amount of revenue for them. We actually checked it on my show this morning. His salary over there is $8.5 million. This Ooh. is not nothing. Now I get it. It does, you, when, you, when you're making more money, you have more money. So I'm not in any way saying that the $40,000 a year guy, you know, that does it is any less valuable, of course, but he's Certainly. putting, he's saying, hey, I will take a hit in honor of what's right. And I can tell you from doing this for a while, it's like, 
I like people that do something. It's why I started Locals. I was like, I can't just talk. Let me do mm -hmm. something. I started Locals. Dan, uh, he's heavily involved in Rumble, but not only that, like he, he's right in this very moment is saying, hey, I will take a financial hit to my family, potentially lose my radio show to stand up for what's right. Um, it's what we all need. We all need that, that signal in the distance. Oh, someone over there is doing the right thing. The Southwest Airlines employees who, who did the right thing last week, and of course the mainstream media said it's weather, although I guess weather for some reason only affects Southwest flights, not American <laughs> or Delta or anyone else, quite extraordinary. Um, but it's like just today it was announced that, uh, you know, they're not gonna push vaccine mandates at Southwest. So they did something. So yeah. it's like, we the people are the only people that are gonna save we the people. Yes, indeed. And uh, speaking of Kyrie Irving, you know, for the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. uh, risking $45 million for this year alone. That is courage. You know, people talk about Dave Chappelle, how he walked away from 50 million um, back in the mid 2000s. He's walking away from 45 million. Plus he may be black, you know, blackballed from, from the league this and he's in his prime and he's got a chance of winning a championship this year. I mean, that is, that is true cojones. And um, even though I think he's a bit of a lunatic when it comes to other political things, I can't help but respect the hell out of him. I'm, I'm about to go buy a jersey. Like these are, <laughs> these are, these are modern day heroes. And, and I think that we are living through a historic moment. And I don't think people understand it fully. I don't think they grasp how anomalous and bizarre the past 18 months have been, especially the younger people. You know, I feel really bad for kids. They, like at least you and I are of an age where we got to experience what I would consider a semblance of a truly free America, or at least close yeah. to it. This is fucking nothing like what I was accustomed to growing up, man. No, it's, it's, uh, it's horrifying. I, I always say to my director and my producer who are in their mid twenties, it's like, <laughs> you guys are the last generation that's going to have some memory as young adults of what America used to be like. Right. I'm 45. Like I was when 2000, 2001, when the, when the planes hit, I lived in New York city. I remember being in New York city before and how it changed after, right. but think how different America feels in only 20 years. That's only 20 years, which in a, in a, in, I guess in the course of someone's lifespan seems like a lot, but in another respect, in the course of human history, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And America is very different and not different for the better uh, in those 20 years. Yes. So when you see, say, a bunch of 15-year-olds now that, you know, spend all day online, they, they see that the expert class is just a bunch of abject buffoons. Nothing's kind of working the way it's supposed to work. Um, their parents, in many cases, aren't standing up for what they believe in or are struggling financially or, you know, the, the rates of depression and suicide and, and prescription drug use. There's so many things. And then they lock you in your house and they tell you to wear a mask when you go outside and you're 15 years old and you can't see your friends smiling. Or when I talk to my sister, my niece, who's, you know, seven years old, going to second grade and basically wearing a mask all day, they let them, it's up to the kids if they want to wear it in gym. I mm -hmm. mean, it's like, this is not how kids are supposed to live. On top of the fact that there's no science behind the masks and certainly no science behind doing this to kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you take this idiot here in, uh, in California, Newsom, He's forcing all the kids to be vaccinated, excuse me, to be vaccinated. Um, give, me, give me one sec. Sure. I think it's uh, K through 12. Man, a lot of talking today. I've been talking all day long. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm 
This show, we value personal liberty, self-reliance, and taking action. There's a lot going on right now that we can't control, but we can control the actions we take in our daily lives. Our new liberty-loving sponsor, Levergear, creates premium-quality tools and accessories that are easy to carry and multifunctional, so you can get more done in your daily life. When you're on the go, you don't always have time to run and get your tools. Levergear's Toolcard Pro is a credit card-sized multi-tool that slips easily into your wallet, or you can use it as a money clip. The tool card has 40 tools, including wrenches, screwdrivers, metric and inch rulers, pry bar, cord cutter, can opener, and of course, a bottle opener. Traditional multi-tools are great, but they're bulky and not ideal to carry every day. The Toolcard Pro weighs just one ounce and it's TSA compliant, so you can take it anywhere. Other card tools are often cheaply made and have sharp or jagged edges that snag in your pocket. The Toolcard Pro has smooth edges, so you can grip it firmly while using the tools and it won't cut your wallet. It's made in America from heat-treated stainless steel, so it's super strong and corrosion-resistant. You'll be confident knowing you have the best card tool on the market. This thing is awesome. It's the perfect gift for gear junkies, even if it's for yourself. You really have to check this thing out. Get your tool card and be prepared to get more done at levergear.com. Again, it's levergear.com. Listeners of this show can use code LIBERTY to save 20% on their first order. Again, it is levergear.com. He... Right, so he wants it to be K through 12, but right now they're starting at 12-year-olds, but he's trying to get it all the way to five-year-olds. But he's doing that where they're going to have to be vaccinated, but prison guards don't have to be vaccinated. And we covered right. it on my show this morning. You're not going to believe this. The union that represents prison guards, they gave a million and a half to Mr. <laughs> Newsom. For, the, teachers unions, the teachers unions that does want kids vaccinated because they want more control, they gave two million to Newsom. So, you know, these things are not disconnected. No. Not at all. And and I think that that's that's probably been the most egregious thing over the past 18 months to me is not what has happened to the adults, but what has happened to the children and what that what that portends for our future. When you have socially anxious, kind of emotionally stunted, crippled, perhaps um, uh, children and and those that are, are being, in my opinion, intentionally programmed to be docile. Now, yeah, I, docile. I'm, that's the word. That's the yeah. word. Attack of the clones. I don't know if you can do a Star Wars reference. I try not to do them anymore. But you know, you remember Star Wars, the second prequel, uh, the Clone War. You know, it was the Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones was the name of the movie. When Obi Wan goes to the uh, the clone processing center on Kamino, and they ask, he asks about that, and they try to make some of them more docile so that they can be programmed to just follow orders. And you see all the young, the young. Django Fett's, Boba Fett's, all just sitting there on their computers, just typing, and they all look exactly the same, and they're docile now. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're breeding. Yeah, it, I mean, I can't help but conclude that perhaps this is intentional uh, because it's so. Oh yeah, you, you start you start to accumulate all of these disparate facts that all point towards a scientific nonsense, and you and I have done the same analysis over the past eighteen months to to conclude for sure we're being lied to. Uh, egregiously and and often um do you come away concluding that this is a conspiracy of some sort <laughs> well you know yesterday's conspiracies are tomorrow's cold Facts. hard truth yeah right exactly so right so much of what we used to say conspiracy is a conspiracy is now true i mean we weren't allowed to talk about the the lab leak theory and then suddenly john stewart said it on colbert now everybody's allowed to say it right. so yes i would say that the virus of the destruction of individual rights and lockdowns and governmental control 
and watching watching Build Back Better and right. like some sort of one world government and watching Western societies destroy themselves. That is a far bigger virus than what COVID is for yes. sure. And I don't know what you're really saying there is like, you know, it's like, we're all trying to do this. Give me the perfect puzzle. Right. I, I, all the pieces are here and we're all trying to piece this thing together, but we don't know what the exact end of the puzzle looks like. So it's very hard. You're trying to piece it together and it's like, oh, it kind of looks like that. That's kind of right. So I don't know what the exact puzzle is. Like, is this Soros behind everything right. in the World Economic Forum? And right? <laughs> It's like, there's probably some truth to some of that, the powers that be, and then you right. throw big tech in and algorithms and you know legacy media dying, trying to hold on so it has to scare the hell out of people all the time. True. Like all of these things are in the pot, but yeah. what we're making, what that stew is, I'm not exactly sure. By the way, I don't even know that the machine itself knows what it is anymore. Mm. You know, it's like this might be, you know, this is sort of like the like the more pleasant version of the conspiracy theory, which is that everything's sort of out of control because no one's really in charge. And it's not some mass conspiracy to put us all in camps. It's just like we're just watching sort of what happens to pathetic human beings that are fat on freedom in a way. They just sort of give up all the things. That's hopeful because then it's like, well, all right, then we just need a couple of us to, as my friend Jordan Peterson would say, stand up straight with our shoulders back and then we can fix this thing. Yeah, well, I've been cleaning my room and it hasn't seemed to help, um, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I, but it I mean, does th help. It does. That's the thing. You know, it, no, it, you it is, I know you're kidding, but like it does help because it helps you personally. Then course. the message that you put out there is more powerful. Hopefully that can affect more people. And then we have no idea how those people can affect people and so Abs on. Absolutely. I was, I was just being playful. I, yeah. I, at, at Tom Woods, I, like I said, I had literally a hundred plus, maybe 150 people come up to me and just say, you have saved me. You've made me feel sane over the past 18 months. So God knows how many people they went out, you know, the butterfly effect and your show is significantly larger. And I'm sure you've had <laughs> millions of people that feel that way about you. So uh, it's no, not it's incredible. It's, it, it, yeah. when, you, when you meet those people, I went to Freedom Fest in South Dakota a couple of weeks ago. I'm starting to travel again and do college gigs again. And I did Dan Crenshaw's uh, mm -hmm. Youth Summit down in Houston recently. And it's like, when you meet these people, people really feel alone right now. They feel lost. They feel like the, the political elite don't care about them. They feel like they're being brainwashed at schools and at work. And they just want to find somebody that's doing something close to true or something close to the world that they see. They want to see that someone else sees the world approximately like they do. Right. And I'm very pleased that by saying what I think about things, that people find that in me. You know, it's yes. not intentional, really. I'm just saying what I think. Yeah. And, you know, even when we do my daily show now, it's like I send my producer stories in the morning. We maybe, maybe talk about it for two minutes. We run through the clips, you know, we do a run through with my director, we make sure all, everything's in order, but then I basically just talk for 40 minutes and, yeah. you know, for better or worse, that's what I'm thinking on that given day. People seem to to gravitate towards it. So as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty good. Yeah. What What's blown me away and what kind of the arc or the evolution of my show has been is that I used to go into interviews very prepared and I would have all whole list of questions that I wanted to get out there. And now I found that you know, pretty much anybody that I invite on my show sees the world fairly similarly and we can just have a great conversation and it, it, it flows naturally. You don't need it to be scripted. It's kind of like the Joe Rogan experience. Like I'll just throw a, throw a news topic in there, here or there, and we can just kind of riff off of it. Um, but I think that's, that's what people like is that 
This is what people are doing in their own time. They're reading some news story about how inflation is temporary. And they're saying, this is fucking bullshit. I need to find someone who will scream that this is fucking bullshit with me. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's what we well, do. Now. Just, the thing is, they're lying to us about everything all the time. I constantly. mean, even this supply chain stuff, you know, when Pete oh. Buttigieg, who hasn't even been working for the last two months because he's been on paternity leave, it's like... He gets on the Sunday shows this week and he's going, this is because the economy is so great and everyone's buying so much stuff and has so much money and that we just can't even get enough product out there. And it's like, does anyone honestly believe that? Does that feel right to anyone? Don't, you don't have to take my word for it. Talk to anyone you know. Is anyone going, boy, the economy's super strong. Everyone feels so secure about their jobs. People are just looking to dump money on crap. You know, let me go, let me go buy another like, you know, little toy robot remote controlled car because I just have so much money to spend. It's just like, that's just not right. And we all know it. Yeah. It's so, it's so detached from reality. And, and what's upsetting to me, or I mean, simultaneously hopeful is that I, I put to what kind of launched my show actually was this really lengthy thread where I listed what I've, I viewed as likely consequences of the lockdowns. And I did this about 30 days in and it went super viral and people, and I can go through it today. It's like a 25 tweet thread. And basically everything that I warned about is now coming to pass. It took a little longer than I expected because the government decided to print like $8 trillion to, yeah. to, you know, throw, uh, to paper the hole that they had blown in the economy. Um, but we're going to pay a price and it's going to be catastrophic in my opinion. I, where, where do you fall on the, on the economic prognosis for this country? Are you as concerned as I am? Yeah, look, it's all running on nothing. Right. And there, we're sort of in the show must go on version of our system. You know, it's like there is no money, but we keep printing money. We pretend that 3.5 trillion is zero you know, someday China may call in our debts. It's a good thing we have a lot of bombs and guns still. I don't know that any of our soldiers know how to use them anymore because the whole, you know, military's been, you know, wokeified. Right. But it's like inflation's going up right now. Stuff costs more. Gas costs more. We all know all of these things. House prices are, are bananas all over the country. Uh, on one hand, you could say that's good because maybe more people are finally saying, I better buy something and own something. But on the other hand, we know that BlackRock and Zillow and these giant corporations are buying a ton of houses, which will lock out a ton of people from, from the middle class, because that's how you become middle class, really, is to get a house so that you start gaining some wealth over time. Right. Um, the, the financial situation is, is very screwy. It's like, I think it feels to everybody, boy, could this thing just crash tomorrow? Yeah, it kind of could. Um, you want it to keep running. You want it to not completely go off the rails, but we're going to need some responsible people. Like when they keep telling you repeatedly $3.5 trillion of spending costs zero, that is a lie. If you buy a pencil, it costs something. If you steal the pencil because you just punched the guy behind you online and stole the 50 cents from him to pay for the pencil, it still costs 50 cents. You right. just stole it from somebody else. So when they say, oh, this is just gonna be because we're gonna tax the rich and the corporations, and by the way, they don't pay their fair share, which is of course nonsense. They pay almost all of it. It's <laughs> like, it's like, do you, even if any of that was true, if you take all of this $3.5 trillion from the rich people, those scary rich people and the corporations, do you think it's possible that that might reverberate in other ways throughout the economy? Do you think it might be possible if you start taxing the hell out of these people that maybe they stop buying certain things or fire a lot of people or close certain businesses, et cetera, et cetera? So the idea that it'll just have, we're just gonna get 3.5 trillion, we'll take it for them and don't worry, nothing will happen from that. 
it's just so stupid. We all know it's so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's really exhausting. And as, as a, you know, my business was as a mortgage broker. So I'm, I'm very in tune with the real estate market as well as interest rate pressures. And, and my personal belief is that they have maintained such low interest rates for such an extended period of time. The malinvestment that is in this system already, there's just like, you couldn't even put a responsible person in that could have a safe landing with this. Like you're going to have a, a you know, cascading default probably globally, because so many central banks have done this on a global scale. That's what makes it unique. And, and I get a lot of pushback when people go like, yeah, yeah, Clint, you're fear mongering. You know, we've had, we've had economic, uh, you know, recessions, we've even had depressions. I'm like, look, we have never had a globalized economy on this scale with this amount of debt, with these, these suppressed interest rates for this extended period of time. And then we also have these extraordinarily powerful governments that are taxing the shit out of us, giving us hardly anything for it. And and we have inflation simultaneously with a, with an economy where people are being forced out of their work. I mean, this is if you were trying to create a great yeah. reset, for instance, I don't know, you could call it the great reset. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know well, if you could do sounds, a better job of it. It sounds like you've got a pretty good uh, crystal ball over there. So how long do you think till the housing market just collapses then? It's really predicated on on bond buyers. If we don't get it, basically if interest rates rise at all, we're toast. So I keep telling people, just keep your eye on on ten year bonds and on um, on thirty year mortgage rates. Though that's really everything, because the the real estate market is entirely dependent on thirty year mortgage rates. Like that's yeah. it, because it's it's already basically on par with with rent. So like it, whatever you pay your monthly mortgage, because you can borrow money for almost nothing, it's the same to rent mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. in most areas. So if you have that shift at all. Um, you know, game over. Yeah. So my, I mean, as I tell people, I can't give a hard number, but I would imagine, I would imagine with, I mean, within Biden's presidency, I'd be stunned if we don't see a, a collapse. So that's my guess. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to plenty of people about that, you know, and that, that seems to be the feeling it's like, yeah, it could be a year, could be less, maybe it's right. two years, but like the thing as you know, the, as Biden would say, the thing, the thing, it can't last forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, as you said, I wish it could, because the the sad thing is, is that it, the people that are not responsible for this are the ones that will hurt the most from it, and that's yeah. uh, that's the tragic nature of a really corrupt system. But that's where we're at. Um, speaking of corrupt systems, the UK Medical Freedom came out yesterday, said that the FDA announced today that the CDC PCR test for COVID-19 has failed its full review. Emergency use authorization has been revoked. It is a class one recall, the most serious type of recall. All measurements based on PCR testing should come to an end. I, I, I mean, this is once again what you were describing as conspiracy theory made today's fact. But man, when they use this test you know, to fear monger us for the first year of this thing, and now it comes out that it's complete garbage, which you and I knew for the longest time. This is fucking irritating. <laughs> yeah, as I said to, I was having a conversation with the old childhood buddy of mine this morning, and I said to him, you know, is there anything that could happen, any news story that you could wake up to that would shock you at this point? It's like <laughs> nope. if the aliens landed tomorrow, not shocked. Economy crashes tomorrow, not shocked. Godzilla destroys Japan, not shocked. Like. <laughs> You know, pretty much anything could happen at this point. So this doesn't particularly surprise me. You know, you want to go down the conspiracy thing, then it's like, well, would they want us all to think that the tests don't work so mm. that more of us are inclined to get the vaccine because they want us all to get a vaccine? Ah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying there's any evidence of that, but like, 
Who the like hell it. knows what's going on? <laughs> the, the best, I think the best you can do as a human being right now is basically try to piece together something that roughly makes sense to you, mm. that approximately is sensible. Try not to go crazy in the madness. We will come out of this at some point. And sure. if the collective we doesn't, at least as we go through it, you will have figured out a way to live that will be somewhat um, decent in, in a very indecent time. Yeah, it's, it's kind of forcing self-reliance on people. And, um, you know, I'm grateful that I have such an educated audience that are like, they really, they feel the danger in their bones and they are doing what you and I are doing. They're trying to create, they're trying to innovate, they're trying to, um, you know, create a, a personal safety net that's not relying on their business or, or uh, not their business, their employer or the government. They're trying to become their own um, source of security. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of what we lacked. I mean, this is why we were so uh, prone to this kind of overreach. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I really am hopeful long-term. Speaking of, ho of hopeful, we got... Uh, my, my favorite former president, even though I didn't really like the guy because he didn't end in any of the wars, Donald J. Trump said, 45th president of the United States of America, wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace. My God, do you miss him? Come on, you got to admit, you miss him a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I miss him. I miss him for a zillion reasons because I think he was the guardian at the door as the right. barbarians were at the gate, right? Like he was the guy. It doesn't mean he's perfect. Even that that press release, you know, it's like it's got all the reasons you like Trump and all the reasons that it's like, oh man, just can you not control yourself at all? The line about, could you read that line specifically about um, that I wish they'll treat me that way too one day? What, what was that exact wording on that? Yeah, he said, hope that happens to me someday. So he said, be, treated in, death so, be, be yeah. treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. <laughs> that's, a, that's the line that's really bad there. Forget that, you know, he's sort of saying, okay, you know, Powell was a fake Republican and got us into wars and, you know, always was attacking Republicans, whatever. Put that aside for a second. Right. The fact that he threw that line in there, like, oh, I hope in death I'm treated well by them too. Like, dude, you should not care. Now, maybe he's just, that's like a high level troll by him too. Hopefully. Um, but that you would still care at this point at all, whether they would treat you well in death or not. Um, but look, would things be better basically if Trump was president? Of course. Would there be more riots on the street? Yes, because the left clearly used Antifa and BLM as the foot soldiers for the Democrats. What happened to BLM and Antifa? Why are there no riots anymore? No discussion of any of that. It almost <laughs> feels not to be a conspiracy theorist that perhaps it was coordinated to make it yes. seem like there was endless unrest on the streets of America and racist policing was destroying the country so that we could get Joe Biden elected with 81 million votes. <laughs> like, do you think that maybe that's a thing? This is this is my favorite part of today is that I have discovered you are equally as conspiracy minded as I am. <laughs> that's, well, that's again, so... it, it, it's not it, I'm not even telling you any of this is like lock perfect true, but no, I know it's, it's truer than the nonsense that they're spewing at us every day. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. I think uh, I think I've taken enough of your time, uh, but I really want to thank you. Please go follow him. Uh, actually, RubenReport.locals.com. Gotta gotta go support this man. He is he is giving me a home at libertylockdown.locals.com, which the last 10, 15 minutes of this episode will be on there. You can follow him on twitter.com at uh, Ruben Report and make sure that you go to don'tburnthiscountry.com to buy his book. Um, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. 
Yeah, it was my pleasure, and I'm thrilled that you're on Locals. And just for the record, no matter what you ever say, I'm not going to kick you off. Not that I'm even, you know, in charge of that specifically. I'm helping guide policy and things of that nature. But if you ever did something that was going to get you kicked off of Locals, I promise you, you will have much bigger problems than Dave Rubin, right? Like, you'll have <laughs> some be other criminal. people knocking at your door. Trust me, <laughs> if I end up knocking at your door, it'll be a good problem to have. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'll, let's uh, let's say a bunch of uh, racial slurs before we get out of here, just to, <laughs> just, to, just to test this thesis out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. It was a bless. My pleasure. What a legend, Dave Rubin. God bless him for giving me an hour of his time. If you feel as if you want to support this show, support Dave Rubin as well, you can go to libertylockdown.locals.com to become a supporting member of our fan page there. I just dropped a 10-minute segment from the video of this episode that is only available over there, will not be on YouTube or anywhere else. So if you are a super fan, which I know I got a couple hundred of you out there, I know I got five, seven, ten thousand people that are going to listen to this eventually, uh, maybe even more since Dave was on, and there's got to be a couple hundred that want to support the show, right? I think so. Again, go to libertylockdown.locals.com to support the show. I will also have exclusive content, including AMAs, where you can ask me about financial questions or whatever else, uh, you know, personal questions, private questions. I don't care. I'm, I'm an open book. And also, coming up in the next couple weeks, we will have uh, Lydia from Timcast IRL, as well as Sour Patch Lids, as I refer to her usually. Uh, also, Eric July and Zuby. I am working on scheduling, uh, scheduling as well as Matt Kibbe from Kibbe for Liberty. It's going to be a blast, yo. Don't miss it. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Thank you.